Welcome to Imagine Radio, featuring insights and opinions from thought leaders and subject matter experts in the HIM and healthcare industry to help you stay educated and informed. Welcome back to Imagine Radio. Please join me in welcoming Sarah Laird. She's Senior Director of Corporate Coding at Novant Health. Sarah, good morning. Good to meet you in person, finally. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's our it's our pleasure. Our pleasure. Delighted to have you here. Just to get us kicked off, Sarah, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I actually started out as a coder after college and uh, quickly worked my way into leadership opportunity and through volunteer efforts and always being willing to try to see if there's another way to be more efficient, <laughs> I Keep guess. Moving Kept on moving up. around, yeah. Outstanding. <laughs> Novant Health, give us a quick overview. Yeah, so at Novant Health, we have over 13 health hospitals in the health system, and my team makes up the coding team members for those health systems. Are they all, all 13 teams separate, or is it all a centralized coding team? It's one corporate centralized coding team. Okay. For and they're, the they're, professional and technical side. So for the facility and the technical coding, we complete that. And our professional coding team reports under our ambulatory leadership. Gotcha. Gotcha. When we first spoke, uh, Sarah, right after we we'd met on the phone, you talked about open door leadership. I think that was one of the first phrases that you mentioned of things that, uh, that you feel pretty strongly about. What do you mean by that? Let's start with the definition. So I think open door leadership can take many different definitions, but with a remote team, it really falls into the trust of your word. You know, when your words are the only thing that they can hear, you, you don't have the luxury of your nonverbal communication in a remote setting. When you can relay um, messages and the stress of the ever-changing world and the reason why we need to change, and then we can just talk about how to handle the change more honestly with each other then we've got the trust needed for open-door leadership in a remote setting for them to be able to come in and ask questions. And just how that looks different to each setting is the uniqueness that makes us stronger. <laughs> Where are all these folks? Are they, are they physically in a Novant Health location? Are they at home? Both? Yeah, they are actually fully remote. So they are at their homes across four states. Holy cow. So when you say, you used a minute ago, I think you said when they come in, does that mean physically? I mean, do you meet with them face-to-face periodically? I would guess most times this is a telephone conversation. Yeah, so when they come in can mean telephone or Skyping with webcams or face-to-face. So you do the video. I, how Talk about Most that. Most of it's little. more phone call. Though. Yeah. <laughs> well, how often is the Skype thing? Because I'm kind of interested in that because it, it's... You know, on the one hand, you do get some of the feedback, the body language kind of feedback when you're on a video. But I'm not convinced you really, it's not the same as being face-to-face. It's a nice substitute, but you're right. There's nothing that yeah. compares to being face-to-face with somebody. And I think um, we probably don't use it enough, but finding a way to make it genuine is where we need to strive instead I, of a different metric. I, genuine strikes me as a really important word in this whole conversation. I mean, how, what do you do to come across as genuine? I guess, first of all, you have to legitimately be genuine. <laughs> maybe, that's that all there, maybe that's all there is to it. That's an easy place to start, you know, and being genuine and listening for understanding and not just responding with the same old answer creates that environment to try new things. And, and that's where it gets really fun when we can have the wisdom of our generations who've been working longer than us, partnering with the Why are you looking creator. at me when you say that? Because I'm you're kidding. my interview host. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you're talking about people that are older than you. <laughs> hey, same question the opposite way, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Touche. 
But it allows us to, I think, partner that wisdom with the creativity of how do we make a better work-life balance? And coding has always been stressful. It's never been an easy job. Yeah, well, that's... (laughs) And so it's really just trying to find a better work-life balance so that we can all go home and do something else. Because if we were all independently wealthy, we might choose a different career path. I don't know. We might. I would. (laughs) I'm going to go back on a personal experience. I I would consider myself legitimately a work-from-home pioneer almost. Mm -hmm. I started doing it, oh my gosh, it's more than 25 years ago for the first time. And I recall moving from an office environment into work from home, there were times where I, stir crazy, I guess is the best, the best way I can describe it. And I would literally, I'd get in my car and just drive around for half an hour and then come back and get back to work. And that was enough. How, how big an issue is that? And how do you help folks deal with it? I think it is a big difference. And I think it's a big deal because I think it, the thresholds are different for everybody. And when you can figure out what motivates people, then you've got a really powerful opportunity to do better problem solving. So whether it's finding a way for um, our team members to feel like they have permission to take care of themselves first. And if that looks like attending a workout today so that you can leave at four o'clock so you can get there by 4.30, or if that looks like where you need to change your work schedule so that you can be more active in your community, whatever's your vice for therapy, so to speak. (laughs) Um, Let us know so that we can adjust the work schedule around it because there's always work to be done. Well, talk more about the, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Talk more about the work schedule. I mean, is there a set, do do you, I'm going to use the word dictate. I can't imagine you dictating anything. That's not your style at all. But do you have regular work hours laid out for folks or is it as flexible as an individual wants it to be? Is it some combination? It's a little bit of a combination. At the end of the day, we still have a business to run. And, right. Um, you know, explaining that business side of coding can really help us go a long way in explaining a yes or no answer. <laughs> but the team can develop their own work schedule. We just ask that they stick to it for a month so that we can then continue to manage the business side of coding. (laughs) Well, yeah, you've got to make sure you've got enough capacity at the right time. I I get it. But it sounds like there is a lot of flexibility for the individual, which Mm -hmm. which I would think is is very important. Um, Talk us through an example. Say when you you have a coder that's just upset about X, whatever that might be, really upset. I mean, just talk us through how you would deal with that. It's got to be more than one conversation, I would think, two two or three. Just if you have an example that pops to mind, talk us through one. I think the first thing is making sure that they have an engaged leader. So who's your one up? And what type of frequent communication are you having with him or her? Yeah. And making sure that even their supervisor or manager have had a chance to know, hey, somebody's throwing a red flag that something's wrong. (laughs) And if they have the courage to say something's wrong, let's have the courage to listen for understanding instead of responding. And, you know, when we can listen and process what they're saying, then maybe we can figure out their perspective of their viewpoint before we respond as well. And and taking the time and giving yourself permission to take that time can really help you choose your words more carefully when you, even if the solution isn't a desirable answer. Interesting. Do you ever get a situation where you just have to meet with somebody face-to-face over some issue? I, you know, I can imagine it happening, but I'm yeah. just curious if that's common or rare. Typically, the meetings I'm having that ha- are face-to-face are with different departments for um, multi-collaboration efforts and gotcha. um, reporting outcomes or efficient workflow topics. Yeah. I meet with my team, the entire team, uh, once or twice a year at most. 
I have a, a vision in my head of what it would be like to be a coder. And knowing myself, I would be horrible. <laughs> I couldn't, I really don't think I could do it. When I think in terms of burnout, I think I'd learn how to do it and be jazzed and excited about it and then do it for two or three or five hours or two days and then lose my mind. Is burnout an issue? I mean, I hope folks would last longer than I know I yeah. could. I think it really stems down to what motivates you. And do you have a job where you're able to use your skill sets in a creative way to empower you to make, you know, decisions to improve your workflow efficiency? And when we can embrace that that might look different to each other, mm-hmm. then we've got some really interesting solutions to work on. <laughs> yeah. Is there, what kind of a career path does a coder have at Novant Health? They have uh, several options. In our department specifically, we have production coding, which is your typical coding of those discharged accounts. We then have our second career step, which is the business services team. They respond to all billing edits, whether they're coding or charge master code driven. And then our audit team is our third group. And the audit response team appeals any payer denials mm-hmm. without that emotional connection of it's my chart that you're telling me I coded wrong six months ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's either right or not. I could, yeah, there's another reason you would fire me from that job because I couldn't let that go. <laughs> um, but they also help us with our pre-built auditing efforts as well. And then our fourth group is our coding education team. And that's where we have the coders that train other coders for that standardized, repeatable training, as well as that compassion of coders talking to coders about coding workflows. Right, right. (laughs) Talk a little bit about corporate culture. I mean, that's the soft side of of any kind of a business professional environment. But I would think, I'm guessing, particularly when you you have so many folks remote, virtually everybody, that that the values and the culture of the corporation, the organization itself are important. Talk about Novon Health and how the culture has an impact on these coders. Yeah, I think the culture supports what we're striving for. Our vision is to be the best of the best coding department. And that looks different for us because we're unique in our makeup. But if that's what we're striving for, then we're transparent in our workflows. We're transparent with the outcomes, which also then makes us vulnerable for the solutions. But that's where the strength of our diverse team comes to play. With all those team members working remote, we share the problems with them and say, what are we missing? You're in the frontline team. You can see the workflow inefficiencies. Let me share with you the risks so that you can share with me some possible solutions. And with, you know, wise counsel, we can all make good decisions. <laughs> I, I, love, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting here nodding my head. I'm glad we have, we have some video going here so folks can see that. You make it, I know I have managed some folks remotely in my career, so I've, I've experienced the challenge myself. You make it sound easy, <laughs> and I think I think you've really thought it through through very thoroughly, and that you got a lot to offer to folks that are in a position to have to do that. So my my compliments to you in that regard. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. Uh, yeah, and Sarah, we are unfortunately just about out of time. I'd like to pick your brain more, but just I know after this conversation, there's going to be other folks that hear this that say, "I need to talk to that lady and get some hints and tips and insight and in how to do this remote management and get the values in place that you've talked about and prevent that coder burnout." So, if you would share with us some contact information so folks can reach out to you. Sure. On NovantHealth.org, you can contact us. And whether you need to find out more about our whole HIM experience or just coding, you can reach out to us there. And I'll drop some cards off here as well. So we'll have some contact information here. Perfect. Everybody would be happy to have that. Sarah Laird, Senior Director of Corporate Coding for Novant Health. 
Thanks for taking the time and sharing your insights with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That wraps this segment. On behalf of my guest, Sarah Laird, I'm Todd Youngblood, Imagine Radio. I'll be back in just a few minutes. Imagine Radio. 